and we're going to set ourselves in preparation for the when. Because I believe God's going to move. It's not a matter of if God will do something. It's a matter of when. Well, hey, everyone. Today is a bit of a different one. Uh, Pastor Darren, who came down for United We Stand, uh, spent the time with some of the team on Saturday to talk about, as leaders, how do we grow in our burden for young people? Because, you know, that's really something that sustains us through the good seasons, the bad seasons. So if you didn't make it on that Saturday, uh, have a listen to this. We recorded a majority of it. There's some great tips in here. Uh, So please, without further ado, Darren. Uh, I want you and I to think of the process this morning that we are, as leaders, digging wells. Digging wells. It, it, it's maybe like an old school way of thinking, but when you dig a well, it's actually not like a super easy job. So if you think of the time of when uh, we look at the woman, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and it talks about the, the legacy of the wells, like they didn't have machinery. Like it was, you, you go find where you think water is, you, you dig a really big hole. You build it from the ground up with brick and mortar and you hope you strike water. Like digging a well is a process. But the beautiful thing is when you dig a well and you tap into water, I really believe that's where the rivers of the Holy Spirit come into play. So as leaders, we're always digging a well. So we need to be people that dig wells. And I want to give you 10 things that I feel like you should all be digging a well in. Uh, My first point is this, a burden from God. Great burden from God. I would call this the call. You're obviously in youth ministry for some reason. Maybe you're a byproduct of being a young person and you know the impact it had on your life. So you want to sow into the next generation. Maybe you've always felt like ministry is on your line. Or maybe you're in between. You're like, I don't really know what I'm called to do. I don't know if I like have a burden for the generation that's coming up behind me, but I want to help. Can I tell you right now, though, I, I feel this. Uh, we need to be the, the generation that puts a line in the sand and says, no, I'm going to go all in on the next generation. Yeah. Can I say really bluntly, if you don't have a burden, Go to God, figure it out, yeah. or step out. Yeah. We don't need any just going with the flow leaders. There is so much going on in culture right now. There is an attack on Gen Z, Gen Alpha in a way that I never experienced as a teenager. Mm. It is it is so polarizing just to be a Christian young person in 2023. We need leaders that have a burden. I'll say it like this. Like Nehemiah, we need to have a burden for the young people. Nehemiah 1.4 says that as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for the days as I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. When Nehemiah ha- heard what happened to the walls, he, he, he wept. Mm. He went to the Lord and he prayed and he fasted. You know, I tell you right now, you shouldn't just pray and you shouldn't just fast when you use pastor tells. Don't just fast when 21 days of fasting comes around if your church does that. I want to tell you right now, anything that lasts in the kingdom of God is built off a God-given burden. A burden can be one of two things. Um, you can have your own definition, but I feel like we in, in church, we can talk about not having a, you know, not being burnt out. You know, it's too much. You know, Jesus' yoke is easy in a hundred percent. It is easy. Mm. There is grace. But don't let that mean that anytime you're under pressure, you think it's a burden. Can I tell you right now, the world will try and put burdens on you that will crush you. You need to take those to be the Jesus. But I think God wants to give you a word from his heart that it doesn't crush you, but there's a healthy weight. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I feel this. Like, oh, oh. you can't describe, but it's this tangible, yeah. it's like the presence of God. You just feel it in your soul. You operate differently. Like you have a burden that's like, oh, I'm not just mucking around here. Yeah. I actually want to make a difference. Uh, a burden from the world will crush you, but a burden from God will move you. There's a big difference. I really believe that Jesus is looking to give people a burden and his heart to be that to the next generation. Nehemiah prayed and he fasted and, and then he built 
how to build when with what God has given you. Build with a burden, like the admire. Go pray. Go ask God for a fresh hunger. I was on the phone with one of our youth leaders last night. This actually just just touched me. I was on the phone with him at eleven thirty, and he's debriefing how youth went last night. And an incredible young leader in our in our youth ministry. I'm fully teeing him up to be the next youth pastor already. He's just an absolute legend. And we were just talking about this pastoral care situation. And I was just debriefing it with him. And he just, I just stopped hearing his voice. And I started hearing him with play. And I was like, dude, are you okay? And I thought he was overwhelmed by the conversation. Like maybe it was too much for him to handle. Right. Oh man, it gets me emotional. And he said, he's just like, Tara, it just breaks my heart. Just breaks my heart that a young person would be facing it. Yeah. I was so humbled because it's like this, this 19 year old gets it. Yeah. He's not overwhelmed by like, oh man, that was such a heavy conversation. He's like, my heart breaks so good. that this young person has experienced and he's weeping on the phone with me. And then we pray. That's what I mean by having a burden. Don't, yeah. don't, don't get so like cut off to that what's going on. You don't have to carry their burden, but share the load. Like you got to, you got to walk with them hand in hand. Mm. I, I just think there's something about having a burden. Can I tell you number two, we, we want to dig a well in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Right. Obviously, this Sunday represents Pentecost Sunday, and if you're not from a, a Pentecostal church here, we we really do believe that the the miracle signs and wonders didn't finish with the apostles. So that that is for today. Acts one eight talks about that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I just want to tell you, we need a generation of youth leaders to be anointed in the things of God. To anoint or be anointed in the Old Testament was simply to pour oil or ointment onto a person. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. So can I tell you right now, we need to carry the anointing. It's not for the preacher. It's not for the pastor. It's for every single believer. But you've got to, you've got to dig a well in that. You've got to pray. You've got to seek God. Can I tell you right now, get selfish in asking God for a greater anointing. The anointing can look different for everyone. But can I tell you right now, a simple way to think about it is when you take the gifts and the talents God gave you, and you submit them to use the kingdom of God, I believe wholeheartedly that's when the anointing flows the strongest. God gave you a gift. You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the pastor. You might be really good at loving people. Like Mercedes, I was encouraging her last night. I'm like, are you like this all the time? And and I met that as a compliment. She's like, yeah. And then last night at Mac is it like, 10 something o'clock she's like but i'm actually a little tired right now and i was like if this is you tired once you like it 100 percent. but the reality is I, I was encouraging and fanning into flames which is clearly a gift on her life there's an anointing there for what she does so i want to encourage you that in isaiah 10 27 it said it shall come to pass in the day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will destroy uh will be destroyed because of the anointing the anointing breaks chains it breaks yokes I've heard it said like this, the anointing is the favor to go, the grace to do, the power to be, and the strength to continue. There's power in the Holy Spirit and his anointing. The anointing is born from a humble and broken heart before God. The anointing isn't for the professional Christian. It's for the yielded, surrendered one. There's a massive difference between a youth ministry and an anointed youth ministry. Yeah, there's a massive difference between a youth leader and an anointing youth, anointed youth leader. Can I just say you on a little secret? Um, if you read your Bible and you study, uh, Christian it is to be like a mini Christ. So when they were called Christians in that day, it actually wasn't like a term of endearment. They were actually kind of in jest paying them out like, oh, like, you're like a mini Jesus, a mini Christ. 
can I tell you right now that in the Greek and in the Hebrew, Hebrew, Christ means anointed one. So if Christ is the anointed one and we're midi Christ, that means we're anointed ones. Yeah. yeah. So if you have Jesus as Lord and Savior and the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you, you're anointed. Right. You're anointed. So you've actually just got to, in faith, step into it. I don't feel like it. I didn't get the goosebumps. My, you know, I had a bad day, but I tell you right now, every time you turn up on a Friday, you turn up to a leaders meeting, you turn up to a connect, in faith, I don't feel it, but I'm going to step into the anointing. And under the anointing, the Holy Spirit can just do incredible things. Yeah. Let's get really good at bragging on Jesus, hey? Let yeah. it not let go to our head. Let's be like, I'm all in and operating in my anointing, but giving all the glory to God. Number three. Yeah. Um, well, actually, before I go to number three, this is the gift can serve and build up self-platforms, your side hustle, your Instagram account, but the anointing always builds Christ. Yeah. We can certainly glorify God with our gifts and build other people up with our gifts, but the anointing is always accomplishing the purposes of God, which are to form Christ. The yeah. gift you were given, the anointing on your life, I don't care what anyone else says, it is to build the church and to glorify Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be, um, be anointed in your marketplace, in your high school, yeah. in your job. But the purpose is to build the kingdom. Number three, not a sexy one, integrity. I think now more than ever, we need to be leaders of integrity. For any young people in the room, you're like, what? I, can I tell you right now, be more focused on investing your time into integrity than influence. Mm. Like, please, we don't need you to be the next Instagram, anything. Like, I don't give a stuff about your Snapchat. I'm being super honest. Like, the world doesn't need you to just be cliche. The world needs you to be like, are you the same person? here as you are at school how are you the same leader at your job than when you're at church yeah. like i this is going to sound really self-serving but this was one of the most um interesting convicting encouraging compliments i got recently they're an incredible young adults leader in our church because i and the youth young adults pastor in our church and um him and his wife had had some church hurt from a, pre a previous experience and they had been kind of checking out our church and they would come in leave early connecting super smart guy sometimes i'm like lord i'm so grateful you've anointed me and i i know the bible but i'm no theologian these guys just come up to me sometimes and start saying stuff and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about i feel like a shit I'm like, maybe I'll just get an honorary, honorary doctorate from TLCU or something. Well, just to sound smart. Um, shout out to Pastor Dud. So, um, <laughs> um, but anyway, and he's like, he came up to me and I was like, so like, have you guys, like, do you feel like Shiloh's going to be your church? Like you guys have been coming for a few months. And he's like, we, we were talking the other day and my wife and I agreed that we're going to call this church home. But I want to let you know why, Derek. It's like, cool, what? He's like, because I've been sussing you out for the last month. I was like, have you been that guy? I've been going to a lot more. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, I pray a lot. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and um, he's like, um, I, I really want to protect my wife and our future family. But I've been watching your integrity and you're the same person off stage as you are on stage. And I, I rarely see that. And I was like blown away. First of all, I was like, whoa, I need to be so aware of every dealing that I have. Like I can't just, the Bible talks about being held account for every empty word you speak. Be mindful how you talk. Don't just say rubbish, like have fun, but be wise with your words. Yeah. And it was just this weird compliment where I was like, I was humble, but I was taken aback. Like, wow, people are watching more than I think. This man's decision to come to our church, obviously God called him and he feels like he's part of the family, yeah. but it, it was like, 
because of because you're the same person, I feel like I can trust you. Yeah. Which means I can bring my wife into this and I feel like we can grow. That was a couple of months ago. And I'll tell you right now, that's, they're two of the best young and old leaders we have. They are evangelists at the core. They're right. bringing all of their unsaved friends. We had a, our young adults ministry is just starting, but we had like nearly 60 young adults on Tuesday night come out and the Holy Spirit moved and like 10 of these young adults were brand new invites from them. And I was like, the moment he saw that we were people of integrity, he was all in. Mm. The, a verse that I felt like God highlighted to me last year, I want to read it to you. It's Proverbs 2.20. 22. Are you guys good? You're tracking with me? Yeah. Awesome. It says this, follow the steps of the good and stay in the paths of the righteous. For only the godly will live in the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be removed from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted. I really felt like when I read that, the Holy Spirit just convicted me being like, don't be so focused on getting to the destination you want in faith that your integrity and character can't sustain you in it when you get there. I immediately started thinking of my family. I'm like, I need to, I need the Holy Spirit to tell me to be a better dad, be a better husband. That's my first ministry. Yeah. Um, man, I want to, I want to be the most integrous pastor I can possibly be in all of my dealings, not in a legalist way. How do I go above and beyond that I can protect my integrity, protect my character, that when God brings me into the promises he has for me, I actually get to enjoy them. Because how Sad would it be for you and I. I'm not here to commentate on the church. I'm not here to speculate what's happened in the American Christian culture around the world or even what happened in Australia. But sometimes God elevates us quicker than we think. Sometimes God can just uh, suddenly can happen. And I feel like God's taking me on this really painful long journey that I'm not here to say it will or, will, it will or won't happen. But whether it does or doesn't, I love Jesus in the morning. But if it, yeah, I'm like, I feel like everything he's taking me through is that I could be a really good steward. I was saying this um, to a pastor yesterday. He was asking me, he's like, Darren, would you still follow Jesus if he didn't kill you? I thought I would because I decided to follow Jesus and make him Lord at 13. A year later, I got healed. In the same three three months after I was healed and I was starting to walk in that walker and gain health, I was uh, for a year I'd been praying, God, give me purpose, give me purpose, give me purpose. And then he healed me and I was like, well, you've healed me for a purpose because my healing's not about me. It's clearly for your glory. And he was like, that's it. And I, for the first time in my life, I was like, my testimony has nothing to do with me. God, I, I'm not saying this is theological in any way, but I, I had this moment. I was like, maybe God allowed it because he knew I would steward it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I would actually give him the glory. I wouldn't try and push like an Instagram thing where I, I but in the same breath, I'm like, God, I feel like you want me to, share it more now, but I'm like, I don't want to be self-promotion because that's just cringe, but it's like, allow God to do it. So integrity is a, is, is a big deal. Uh, number four, prayer and worship, prayer and worship. Luke one thirteen says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. In prayer, God hears my voice and in prayer, I hear God's voice. What God wants to do on the earth, he does in partnership with his people and what God does through the earth, he only does through prayer. What God communicates to his people, he communicates through prayer. And what God wants to do through his people, he does through a praying church. Psalm 66, 19, but certainly God has heard me. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. The word he here means to pay close attention to or take notice of. Can I tell you right now, God cares, he loves, but he's not taking close attention to your written 
prayers, your thoughts. He knows them. He's paying close attention to what you say. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. And I tell you right now, prayer changes everything. Mm. Everything that you want to see in your life, let's make it personal. Everything you just want to see in your life, I really believe is on the opposite side of your prayer life. Mm. Prayer is a sacrifice. Mm. Worship's easy, I'll be honest. You can chuck on your banger playlist and you can just go. You actually can kind of turn off or you can just sit there, lie there, kneel there and just receive. But prayers are disciplined. And I'll tell you right now, the moment you then stop praying for yourself and you start praying for other people, I reckon that's when the magic happens. Yeah. But I believe in magic, just want to clarify, it's just a word choice. The secret source to great acts of God is yes. Yeah. Because when I start praying for other people, I'm sacrificing my time, my prayer, and I'm interceding for people in a moment where they may have no idea because I don't finish praying and they go, I was praying for you. <laughs> I was praying for you. Oh, you do? I was just praying for you. Like, like, and unless I feel encouraged to say that, there's a sacrifice and just praying and just getting yeah. that, getting that time. Like, it, it, it's a uh, it's a little bit of a cringe movie, but it, it served a great purpose. And my wife would lament me for saying that. But we watched it a few times. There's this Christian movie called The War Room, and uh, the big idea was just creating a space that's consecrated to God in prayer and seeing what He can do. Worship is also very, very important. I would say this, the presence of God is how you don't grow weary doing good. Don't be the generation that says, I burnt out. Um, you can actually do a lot more than you think you can, but you just got to prioritize your time in the right way. Don't say that you're burning out, but you binge Instagram, TikTok, Netflix. Yeah. Um, you literally do nothing to feed your soul. And then you get so busy doing good that you won't make time to be with the father when I think all he wants to do is spend time with you. Get bold and set your calendar that if people want your time, yeah. sorry, I've got a meeting. I used to do this. I still do this. Oh, sorry, I've got a meeting. I've got a meeting with God. You know? um, that's in my calendar. You can't remove that piss. I want to run the race that God set before me. I want to continue for myself be refreshed, but I also know because I'm a leader, I need to stay full like the woman with the, the the empty jars with Elijah, bring me what you have, empty jars, just kept filling up with oil, kept filling up with oil. Kept... We fill ourselves up to empty ourselves out because that is part and parcel being a leader. Also, I'll just say this in the, in the category of worship, modern day idolatry, anything but Jesus is your main priority. I'll just leave that there. Um, five, five, faith, faith. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. We need to be we need to be a generation that takes risks again. I know COVID made us apathetic, but honestly, and we I don't think this exists because I didn't really hear it last night. I'm done with the name that is COVID. Let's just get back to the name that is Jesus. Let's believe be what I, I love Pastor Ben's faith. There's 15,000 young people. Every youth ministry should be like with a burden from God going for souls. Because I'll tell you right now, there's a big difference between a youth group and a youth ministry. Mm. I don't say this to offend. A youth group is, hey, we're just, we love, like, you know, worship kind of hits, maybe not. Uh, we don't preach long because they don't have much attention span. Um, everyone's welcomed, even if you bring in a knife every week. Jesus loves you. My culture's fast and loose because we're for the one. That's, 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 there's a need for that. But a youth ministry is where you do the ministry. You are so on mission to fulfill the great yeah. mission. You're like, man, we don't have time to muck around. 
Yeah. Can I tell you right now, I'm in a season where God has kind of wrecked me for normal. And I feel like this is a weird analogy. I'm playing this this eternal game of duck, duck, goose. Now follow me. Because I don't, I just made this decision and God was just kind of talking at the beginning of the year. I preached the message. It was called for the sake of eternity. And God really arrested me being like, you don't have time to waste. I've never, I've never really mucked around with the things of God, but even more so now, like you have no time to waste. Yeah. Yeah. So I have conversations sooner because I'm believing in faith. I, I challenge people. I, I love people well, but I challenge them sooner. I, I am not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm like, man, there's a, there's a, there's a kingdom to advance. There's people to win. We need to move in faith. Mm, very good. The reason why I say duck, duck is because it feels like I'm just running up to people, touching them on the shoulder and saying, you're it. When I say you're it, what am I doing? I'm saying I'm activating you in the mission of God. Get up. Fulfill the great commission wherever you are, your school, your workplace, in our church, whatever God gave you, remember the, the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, use that for the kingdom. So I've just been like praying and God will show me someone and I'll just go up, hey, you don't feel like you're ready? but you're ready. I'm calling you into the mission. Come with me. And like, oh, I'm not ready. I don't feel like I have it all together. It's right. Just follow me. And yeah. I've just been doing this at pace recently. And I'll tell you right yeah. now, our youth and young adults ministry at our church, our, our church has doubled in six months. Like it, is, and it I, not, has really nothing to do with me. I've just been like the, our whole church praying, but God's just doing a fresh thing. And I'm like shivers. We need to respond. Like we've been believing for that in faith. Now I got to bring the leaders. And because I'm the youth and young adults pastor in the engine room of the church is youth and young adults, I've been like, man, I don't have a year to take you on a journey. On a side note, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. This is free. This is all free day. What are you talking about? <laughs> if someone says they're on a journey and they've been saying that for a long time, you got to ask them where their destination is. What journey are you on? I'm just on a journey. I'm just, what journey? If it's the journey of faith, your life should look different. Or if they go, I'm just in a season. I'm just in a season. Yeah. Well, seasons go for four months. There's autumn, there's, there's winter. Like, if your season's been going on for years, you need to, we need to be bold in faith, just going, hey, like, what's going on there? Like, I'm all good with people going through a process, maybe a better word, but don't let people get lost on the journey of faith and they just end up taking an exit they shouldn't take. I'll bring, I'll bring it back to faith. We obviously know, I read it last night, that faith is the, the substance. Faith is the thing that we, we have hope in. Faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. Can I tell you right now, we need to be people of faith. When your youth pastor makes this audacious claim, don't think in your carnal mind, oh, how are we going to do that? Tie your faith. One of the yeah. best things you can do as a youth leader or a youth pastor is whatever the prophetic vision your youth pastor is giving, even if you don't understand it, try and tie your faith to it. Close your eyes and pray and go, God, I want to see for your own life. Can I encourage you right now? Go after it. Go Matthew 7, 7 on getting a prophetic vision for your life. Ask, seek, and knock. Because Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a prophetic vision, people perish. You need to have a faith direction. It's not just saving faith in Jesus. It's like people always um, go like, Darren Wag, so passionate. And when I was younger, they used to call it like, oh, you just got small man syndrome because I try and fight everyone. But that's whatever. This, my youth pastor was like six, seven. And I'd be like, oh, I can take you. But I was like, I feel like I just put like this, this faith in me. Like I'm a bulldog or I'm like, because of what it's done, but because of what I've been through, I'm like, don't tell me we can't do it unless we provide. Great. Like we, we, have a, we have a saying in our youth ministry. It's not a matter of if God can do it. It's a matter of when. Yeah. 
and we're going to set ourselves in preparation for the win. I believe God's going to move. It's not a matter of if God will do something, it's a matter of when. So I'm making sure that at every level, we're ready for God to move, move in power, move in influence, move in salvations, move in discipleship. 